So reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. At that time, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and afterward he was hungry. The tempter approached and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become loaves of bread. He said in reply, It is written, One does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and made him stand on the parapet of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and with their hands they will support you, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, Again it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Then the devil took him up to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their magnificence. He said to him, all these I shall give to you, if you will prostrate yourself and worship me. At this, Jesus said to him, get away, Satan. It is written, the Lord your God shall you worship, and him alone shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you all for being here. And uh, sorry for my technical difficulties. I'll fix those in the future. But as we begin this season of Lent and this season of um, just these holy hours, again, as I've said in my homilies, that my desire is that we can kind of treat these as a as sort of busy person's retreat and and give us something to, to sort of chew on as we go through the season of Lent. And, and so each week I'll take a reflection from that Sunday's readings and maybe dive a little bit deeper. And so so we heard that gospel that I just proclaimed read at Mass today. And, um, and there's just a couple of things that I want to go deeper on and I, there's some sheets by the door as you walked in to sort of guide you in your own prayer. Um, but really with the goal of, of always creating more space in our hearts for our Lord. And, and looking at those places in our own hearts where, where, things can get, where things can go astray or things can get off. And, and so in, in the reading... Um, there's that first temptation of our Lord, which is the temptation to turn stones into bread. And, and turning stones into bread is, is really kind of a way of thinking about the times when we're seeking comfort in things rather than in the Lord. You know, if I was to put it the most simple way that, that all sin comes down to putting something in the place of God. And, and there are small ways, there might be small ways, there might be big ways that we do that. And, and, and so a, a couple of things are to think about is, is this detail that says that Jesus went and fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was hungry. 
And, and we, we might hear that and say, well, obviously, you know, like I fasted for four hours and I was hungry and, but, but to be hungry, you know, there is a dynamic of being hungry and hunger is our body's way of signaling to us that there's an unmet need, right? It's just a, on a very basic level, hunger is a way that our body signals to us that there's an unmet need. And, and with hunger, it's an unmet need for nutrition. When we're thirsty, there's an unmet need for water. When we're tired, there's an unmet need for sleep. And, and our bodies are really good at telling us when we need things. And, and so after these 40 days in the desert, there's, there's this hunger that the Lord has. And, and in the midst of that hunger, the devil comes to him and says, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become loaves of bread. <clears throat> and, and so if, if you have an unmet need, if you're hungry, like comfort yourself. And then the Lord responds by saying, one does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And, and so for our own lives, and, and especially in our spiritual life, there are also signals that we have an unmet need. And, and in a way, we experience those things in a way that Jesus never did, because he was always with the Father. And he always knew he was with the Father, but, but we're human beings and we forget that. And, uh, and then we have like signals that we have an unmet need. And, and our unmet needs are usually unmet desires that we have, and they're good desires that God places in our heart. And, and if you've heard me talk any number of times, um, I talk about these seven desires of the heart a lot because I find that for most people, they're underneath most of our sinful behavior is an unmet desire for one of these things to be heard and understood, you know, which means that people get me, you know, it means that people get me. I was doing marriage prep with a couple this afternoon and we were talking about emotional intimacy and, and, and I asked them this question, like, was there a time when you were dating and you sort of went from like, I'm curious about this person and I want to hang out with this person. And then there was a day that you just realized like, this person gets me, right? This person gets me. And, and, and there's a kind of a wonder that comes with that. And because it's the fulfillment of that desire to be heard and understood. And, and I know that, that I can be myself around this person, that I can express anything to them. And, and sometimes like that desire goes unmet and it results in us being hungry. You know, that desire can go unmet and it results in us being hungry. And I can think of any number of situations. There's a, there might be a situation where I feel like I'm just talking past things with people. You know, sometimes I feel like that when I'm writing letters back and forth to the chancery and, you know, I'm expressing something and then they write me back and I'm like, am I speaking Chinese? Like, I feel like I'm speaking Chinese. I called somebody actually yesterday and I said, I feel like I'm speaking Chinese. And what do you mean? Well, I, I just like, I feel like I ask a question and then you give me some other answer to a question I didn't ask. Like, but that just happens in relationships, right? Like it happens in, in a lot of places in relationships. And, uh, and sometimes we're just not very good at expressing our needs either. 
and or we express our needs in subtleties or we expect people to read our minds and and but it oftentimes can end in that unmet desire or a place where that desire to be heard and understood goes unmet and we're hungry or the desire to be affirmed and and the desire to be affirmed is is just the desire to be seen and to be loved or I, I oftentimes say like to be affirmed is for somebody to say to you, it's good that you exist or it's, I'm glad that you're here, right? I'm glad that you're here. And, or it's like such a delight to see you. And, you know, I think about when I was home a couple of weeks ago and I ran into that friend that I knew in high school and I haven't seen him in 30 years. And he walked in the mass that morning and we had like five or 10 minutes in the hallway. And I just said like, this was the highlight of my whole trip was getting to talk to you for five minutes. Cause you're one of my favorite people in high school. And he kind of was what, but, but we need to hear those kinds of things, you know, because it's good that every single person exists. And, and oftentimes we can fall in, we can, we can fall into affirmation, deprivation, and, and just like have that need to be affirmed. And, and then, and then a cycle can come and, and that cycle is really hard. And I've been stuck in that cycle before too, where I don't feel affirmed. And so I start asking people to affirm me, or I start doing things to solicit affirmation, but then I really never feel affirmed. You know, like, like once asked a married couple, I said, like, you know, what would it take for you to feel loved by your husband? Well, he needs to take out the trash every day. So every day I remind him, take out the trash. Well, like then it's, it's like solicited affirmation is an affirmation. Affirmation has to come in unexpected ways and at unexpected times. And, and sometimes we have to stay in the hunger so that when it comes, it actually satisfies. To be chosen and, and oftentimes people, there are places in our life where we don't feel chosen and we can feel overlooked and, and that can go all the way back to like picking teams on the playground or being the last person that's chosen. And, and, and even though we say it over and over and over again in the liturgy, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a, a people that's my own. We can forget that and, and sometimes we're we can fall into this lie and the lie is that <clears throat> people only choose me because they have to, or they only choose me because it's their job. And instead of like, no, that this person is actually giving me their time. And, and the Lord like chooses you not because he has to by default, but, but he, he sees you and he notices you. And he calls each and every one of us. But like the others, when we don't feel chosen, we're left to be hungry. To be included is very much the same. Or we all have a desire to be blessed. We all have a desire to be safe. And we all have a desire to be touched. And whenever any of those seven desires goes unfulfilled, we're hungry. And then in the midst of our hunger, we tend to try to meet those desires on our own. And, and oftentimes that manifests by turning to sensations or, or distractions. And, 
and whether that manifests itself as like food or it manifests itself in lust or anger, you know, like our desire for affirmation, that when it's unfulfilled, it often turns into anger. Or a desire to be chosen when it's not fulfilled, it can turn into anger or resentment. And, and we kind of find other things. And, and whenever we're doing those things, we're turning stones into bread. And, and we're trying to meet our own needs. And that's really what the evil one is saying to our Lord is, is if you're hungry, meet your own needs. And, and instead he stays in the hunger and waits until the angels come and minister to him. And, and that's really what we do during Lent is is we can take some time and look at our lives and ask ourselves when our desires are unmet and we're spiritually hungry, what do we turn to? And, and so just to invite you to, to spend some time in prayer, just reflecting on that. And even in the last year, okay. So in the last year, when those desires are unmet, how have they been unmet and what have I turned to? And, and in each of those cases, it's, it's really us trying to meet our own needs. And then we're not giving room for the Lord to do his job. It's another like phrase I had from the weekend that's left over is sometimes we try to, we don't leave room for Jesus to do his job. And the penances that we choose during Lent, they really should be, okay, I'm going to give up those things that I turn to, to meet my own needs and give our Lord the room to do his job. Because we don't live on bread alone, but on every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. And then the last side of that first page that I handed out is, is just to, in your own words, share honestly with the Lord about the ways that you've sought to meet desires with material comforts or sin and repent for doing so. And just to express those desires to our Lord, like, Jesus, I really desire to be affirmed. Like, I, I really desire to be heard and understood. I really desire to be included. And ask him to be the one who does that for you. But also don't be afraid of asking him to send you the people that you need to do those things. And, and related to that first temptation, there's a second one, which Pope Francis talks about. And it's something that he said once that really stuck in my head. And, and he was, it was right around the time of the Synod on the Family. And, and he talks about the temptation to turn stones into bread, but also the temptation to turn bread into stones. And, and what he means by that is that sometimes the Lord does, in fact, give us bread, but we turn it into stones. And, and that points to, times when we don't accept his mercy when when we when we kind of choose a more rigorous path than he desires for us and and so that can manifest sometimes when we like there might be sins from our past that we haven't really forgiven ourselves for and, and that's a common question I always ask high school students or adults or whoever it is, you know, do you have like sins you've confessed, but, but you, they always kind of pop for you or, or you're still beating yourself up for them or you're still trying to make up for them. Because anytime we're doing that, we're again, we're not letting our Lord do his job. 
And in a way we're saying, I know better than Jesus. Like our Lord forgave me, but he shouldn't. And, and we can have that resistance to his mercy or that resistance to love. This morning I talked about like, it's kind of a resistance to being, being okay with being okay. Or there might be sins that have been committed against us that we're holding on to. And those things manifest as resentments towards others, as wanting to cut people off, having conversations in our head with people. And just allowing the sins of others to influence our life too much. And again, when we're doing that, we're, we're really trying to do Jesus's job for him because it's, it's his job to, it's his job to judge that person. It's his job to call that person to repentance. It's his job to, to bring about conversion in that person's heart. And, and we can free ourselves from the effects of that person's sin by, by just saying, I'm going to let that go. And, and I really need to forgive those things that I'm holding on to, because when I'm holding on to them and I don't extend mercy, I'm turning bread into stones. And sometimes I turn bread into stones to throw at them. And, and so for this week, I just like invite you to, to kind of think about, are there areas of unforgiveness for yourself and, and things that you might be holding on to? that that are getting in the way or there or there's their shame about things that is just holding you back from receiving all the mercy that our lord desires to give you are there other people's sins or hurts that you're holding on to is there unforgiveness for others that that needs to be addressed and in and then in the coming weeks, I'll kind of have more reflections kind of guiding through, like letting go of those things, forgiving those things. And But it might be enough as we're beginning this Lenten season to just kind of make a list of those things and acknowledge them. And to be able to just spend some time in honesty with our Lord and, and just honesty about, okay, this is this is where I find myself right now on the first Sunday of Lent in 2023 and that gives us a starting point right it gives us a starting point in that place of honesty and and when we start from that point of honesty then our lord has the freedom to enter into our life and to take us higher right and to take us to the better place and wherever we're afraid or resistant to honesty it, it just delays our conversion. It delays the good things that, that our Lord desires to do. And, and I'm mostly saying this in encouragement uh, because I'm the king of delaying the things that our Lord desires to do. And so, uh, so just invite you as, as we're spending time with our Lord to to even just start to write those things down and, and to say, okay, like these are the things, like the tangible goals maybe for this Lenten season 
and and then to patiently allow the Lord to move you. And the first step in that is is simply like speaking to him from our hearts and being honest with him from our hearts. And, and so for the next <clears throat> minutes until we have benediction, and just invite you to let that guide your prayer. If our Lord takes you in another direction, that's great. Just follow him where he's leading you. Um, I will be in the sacristy hearing confessions for anybody who desires to to go to confession tonight. Um, so, so like I'll have a noise on the speaker that's outside the door and, um, and there's a screen and a kneeler in the sacristy and then we'll have benediction just before eight o'clock.